0: to the daily roundup here as part of the Reality Steve podcast. I'm your host Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in. Good Monday show for you. We are at the episode before Hometowns. They are in Budapest, Hungary tonight. Six women left Estonia to go to Budapest. One of them rejoins them in Budapest as we know Greer reappears. We will talk about that. Talk about tonight's episode some rumblings regarding The Bachelorette next season, and then we'll talk about some drama in the reality TV world that I know absolutely nothing about. We'll talk movies, and we'll talk Saturday Night Live as Travis Kelsey hosted this past week, and I'll give you my thoughts on how he did, and we will get to that momentarily. This podcast is brought to you by Trail Mix Games for a tasty mix of love and drama Download Love and Pies for free today. That's Love and Pies. Free to download in the App Store or Google Play. All right, let's get going. Let's talk about tonight's episode of The Bachelor. As the ladies and Zach head to Budapest, Hungary, we know that Greer missed out in Estonia because she had COVID. Well, we know that she rejoins the show tonight. But. Gets eliminated on tonight's episode, which brings me back to my question from last week. And apparently it did get answered on podcasts where Logan was on a podcast and basically said, because they were so late in the game on Gabby's season, they asked Gabby, do you want Logan to stick around? And because she didn't see a long-term future with Logan, That's why when he got COVID, he was just let go from the show and not allowed to return since they were deep into the process. Well, it's the same exact thing here with Greer. They are deep into the process. She leaves in episode six. Episode seven, we know, is the episode right before hometowns. So I don't see the point of allowing Greer back on knowing that Zach was going to send her home tonight. Tell me the difference between... Not allowing Logan back on the show because Gabby was further into her, uh, deep into her run as the Bachelorette. She already knew who she wanted to take to overnights. She didn't see a future with Logan, so she cut him and said, don't bother coming. You know, she didn't say that in that tone, but he was not allowed back on the show because Gabby made a decision that she didn't see it long term with him. Okay, well, Greer comes back tonight and gets sent home the very same episode. So clearly Zach didn't see it long-term with Greer. And we all know that Zach knows tonight's episode is the episode before hometown. So why even let her back on the show? What's the point? And it's the exact same situation as Logan. So I don't really see it. I'm not understanding it. I don't think I'll understand it after tonight airs because I don't know what happens other than she does get sent home tonight. But my guess is he's going to say that his relationships with the other women are stronger And they're further along than his relationship with Greer. I mean, what else could he say at this point? I don't think she does anything to piss him off or anything like that. And he's like, oh, you got to go. No, he's going to say, you know what? I just have stronger relationships with the other women. Well, he knew that before she was allowed back on the show in Budapest. So, yeah, that's kind of a head scratcher. I don't really understand it. But that's where we're at. Brooklyn has a one-on-one date tonight. And... Zach eliminates her during the night portion over dinner. And Kat is the other one eliminated tonight since we know that Charity, Katie, Ariel, and Gabby are your final four. We've known that for months. And I've talked about this for the last week or so. You know my stance on Next Bachelorette. The show's stance on Next Bachelorette, 18 of the 20 women who have become the Bachelorette finished in the top four of the Bachelor season they were on. They have never chosen a Bachelorette of the 20 Bachelorettes they've ever had. They've never chosen somebody outside the franchise. It's always been somebody who you have seen before on a season of The Bachelor. And if we're getting specific, 17 of those 20 came from the season that had just aired. Now, in the early days of The Bachelorette, there was not always a Bachelorette season right after a Bachelor season. So... In the early seasons, I don't want to say it's the season that just aired, but it was somebody that was on a previous season. They were just named later on, maybe that calendar year or whatnot. I don't see that changing. I've said it for two weeks now. They've already chosen their bachelorette. I'm starting to hear rumblings, but obviously I don't want to throw a name out there right now because it's just I need more confirmation just like I always do. But things that I say always get taken as fact when even if I lay it out there and and set it up with, hey, this is what I'm hearing. If I were to say a a name that I'm hearing, it would immediately turn into reality. Steve says so and so is the Bachelorette. And the other thing about Bachelorette, as we know, is this show has the ability to change at the last minute. And that's not me just trying to cover all my bases. I just know the name I'm hearing the most right now. And I don't want to say it just yet, but I know this show is capable of changing things at the last minute and keeping a lot of options out there. Multiple women signing contracts to be the bachelorette. We know this is how this works because when they make their announcement, they're ready to go right into filming. So when I hear that, you know, somebody is definitely in the running and has signed a contract. It's like, okay, well, they're definitely a, a finalist, but this is something that, you know, I, the last few seasons I've told you beforehand who it was going to be. Um, I was the first person out there to tell you it was going to be Zach. I was, well, I, I didn't know about Rachel and Gabby, although <laughs> if you look at my text messages in the commercial break right before they announced it, I was like, okay, they're announcing them both because they're literally sitting right next to each other in the audience. They're not giving it to one over the other. That makes no sense. Um, but it's really the one spoiler that this show has the ability to keep for a fairly long time. Because they have multiple options. You know, once you shoot your show, you can't go back and change anything. They're not going back, especially after they leave the country. That's why I always try and find out at the end of filming, well, what happened in Thailand? Who did Zach get engaged to there? What happened? And I was able to find out what happened in Thailand. Because if the spoiler gets out, like it did last week or uh, two weeks ago when I said Zach and Katie... The show isn't going to be like, oh, we got to do something to throw them off. Not, they're not going to fly the whole crew back to Thailand three months later uh, to film something that doesn't even matter. So that's why you can always count on if you can find out the spoiler and not going off of social media clues and because one of the girl's mom's friend told you, you know? Nothing like that. So I think what you're looking at here is with The Bachelorette. And going over spoilers in general, it's the one thing. The show can actually keep it somewhat of a secret. Yes, I was able to find out Zach ahead of time. I was able to find out a few more ahead of time, but I've never had a great track record when it comes to announcing who the next lead is going to be. Sometimes I've gotten it right. Sometimes I've gotten it wrong. But... um, Yeah, I think I think in the next few days or so, I think I should be getting to maybe not a few days, but hopefully sometime this week or next week, I'll be able to solidify what it is. But um, it's starting to get a little bit more heavy towards uh, one woman from from what I'm hearing. So we will take it from there. And obviously, when I feel comfortable and getting the confirmation that I need and I know then I'll lay it out there for you and you'll see it all over my social media, and you'll you'll hear about it in uh, this podcast. And if you didn't read last week or hear on the Daily Roundup, the schedule is set for the rest of the season. Tonight is Budapest in Hungary, episode before hometowns. Next Monday, the 13th, is hometown dates. The, f- the next night, Tuesday, the 14th, is going to be when they're going to air The Women Tell All, which makes all the sense in the world because the final three women were not at The Women Tell All, Ariel, Gabby, and Katie. Charity was because you're going to see her leave the show the night before at hometown dates. Also, the following week is going to be overnight dates, the 20th, and the finale is going to be on the 27th with your regular two hour episode of what happens in Thailand and then the one hour live after the final rose. Still no word on when they plan on actually releasing uh, or starting filming for Bachelorette Originally, back in late January, early February, I heard the weekend of March 17th to 19th, but now, to me, that does not make sense because they've never started filming The Bachelorette before The Bachelor stopped airing. It's always been the week that The Bachelor has done airing, so that's my guess. Again, I don't know why they would start it earlier. Is it possible? Sure, anything's possible. But when they're 0 for 19 doing that, in terms of filming The Bachelorette before The Bachelor is over, I got to think they're going to stay with that particular shooting schedule. But this is also the first time in 15 seasons that The Bachelor did not air on the first Monday in January. And it didn't start till the 27th of January. And it's not ending until the 27th of March. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Okay, some reality television drama that I said in the open I know absolutely nothing about. But I'm trying, although I I don't think it's possible for me to catch up on everything because I noticed this weekend when I was scrolling through TikTok, literally every third TikTok that I came across was talking about the Vanderpump Rules drama and Schwartz and Sandy and Ariana and Raquel. And for a guy who's never watched five seconds of Vanderpump Rules, I only know the names because of what I see on us weekly people. I, I see the headlines. I know these people's names, uh, Tom Schwartz, right? Tom, uh, the two Toms, Ariana, Raquel, Shayna Shea. <laughs> I just know the names and you know, Tom Schwartz, Tom Sandoval. I don't know. Ariana's last name. I forget Raquel, Raquel's last name. And I've lost track. I literally called a friend yesterday and said, look, here's what I want you to do right now over the phone. Summarize the Vanderpump Rules drama to me as if I know absolutely nothing, which I don't, other than names. I don't know who's ever been with who. I don't know who's ever been engaged to who. I don't know who's lived with who. And this person then proceeded to tell me, and I'm like, okay, I just this is so confusing. So I don't know what's going on. I know a lot of you probably do if you watch that show and you're following it. But man, does this seem messy? I mean, we're talking messy, messy. This isn't just, oh, some guy had a girlfriend and he cheated on her. Like, no, there's been engagements that have ended because of this. There has been six, seven month affairs that have been happening that people are just finding out about now. Nude videos are being caught on dudes' phones. I mean, this is a big deal in Vanderpump Rules world. For me, it's hot gossip, I guess. But when you know none of the characters other than the pictures you see on people.com or usmagazine.com, I'm like, okay. but I don't know who's with who. And if you are following this, I'm sure you're enthralled by all of it. I mean, look, it sounds interesting. It sounds very gossipy, and if you're a fan of Vanderpump Rules and you've watched every season of that show, I'm sure you're absolutely loving this. But, man, this is confusing. I was even sent a link that had a timeline of everything, and I literally, my eyes went cross-eyed trying to read all this stuff. So, yeah, I, I, I can't even begin to fathom exactly what this is all about, how it's going to end up, whatever the case may be. But if you're a fan of Interpump Rules and that whole scene, by all means, I'm sure you're having a great last week of gossip. Let's talk a little movies this past weekend. Creed Three won the box office, bringing in $58.6 million, which is a good opening weekend, especially in the Creed franchise, considering the first Creed movie. Only drew, what was it? Uh, 29.6 million, and Creed 2 opened at 35.5 million. So for this to get almost 60 million is really big. And you think Jonathan Majors had a good weekend? Jonathan Majors plays Creed's nemesis in Creed 3. Jonathan Majors is also the new big bad guy in the MCU movies. And the number two movie of the weekend was Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, which Jonathan Majors is also in. So the guy's in the top two movies of the weekend and having basically supporting actor roles. Not like, oh, he's in a few bit parts here and there. No, he's the main nemesis in both movies. That's got to be kind of weird, right? That doesn't happen very often, but Creed Three gets the top draw this weekend Second in line was Ant-Man and the Wasp. And then, of course, when you read these, these editors or these writers can't help but making a a cocaine joke when it comes to cocaine bear. Didn't say anything about Creed three punching its way to the top. It didn't say anything about quantum mania. You know, I don't even know what you what what, what silly metaphor you would make for that. But. When it mentioned that Elizabeth Banks' horror comedy Cocaine Bear came in third on week two, they said, "Quote, Cocaine Bear came in third on week two, snorting up an extra 11 million and 41.2 million in all." (laughs) They cannot help themselves. What was the one last week when Cocaine Bear finished second at the box office last week? What did I tell you? The headline was there. It said something about sniffing, sniffed first, you know, Sniffed second place. Now it's snorted up an extra $11 million. I mean, these people cannot control themselves. No, I haven't seen cocaine bear yet. And with my next four weekends. So this upcoming weekend, I'm going to be fixated on college basketball. The following weekend, I'm in Las Vegas and I had to cut. My Vegas trip short by a day because I'm going to California for a one-day trip. So I'm just going to go Vegas to California and then California home for a friend's 50th birthday party. But I come home the following Monday and then the following Thursday. The following week, I leave again for California for a weekend where I have my fantasy baseball draft. You might say, well, why don't you just stay in California for the full week? with the podcast the way it is now and doing 11 a week I have to be home to record podcasts. it just I haven't figured it out yet on the road especially with a guest now I'm going to be I'm going to have to do the daily roundup and the sports daily on let's see well I leave on Wednesday on two in 2 weeks I leave on Wednesday so Thursday and Fridays shows will be recorded on my phone the following week it'll just be friday's show will be recorded on my shows will be recorded on my phone so yeah the rest of march i am just swamped and gosh I'm, i am just realized i'm less than three weeks away from taylor swift march 31st at&t stadium my gosh busy busy march to to say the least but anyway where was i oh yeah Cocaine Bear sniffed up eleven million dollars. Oh, sorry, snorted up eleven million dollars this past weekend at the box office, and they've now reached a total of forty one point two million dollars domestically. Elizabeth Banks directed Cocaine Bear. So if you're thinking that this is just, oh, it's a bunch of no name actors and actors no. I'd say Elizabeth Banks is a pretty big name in Hollywood. And the fact that she took this project and decided to direct it, good on her. And finally, going to talk about Saturday Night Live this past weekend. As I mentioned, when athletes have hosted in the past, there's always been memorable skits, whether it was Derek Jeter's Taco Hole or Joe Montana masturbating or Michael Jordan and Stuart Smalley or Charles Barkley versus Barney or The Rock as the ladies' man. I mean, there's so many, so many when athletes have hosted. I think we might have gotten another one when Travis Kelsey hosted this past weekend. The very first sketch after the monologue was him at an all-American girl cafe. Just him bringing his two dolls. To the, I mean, you had to watch it. If you didn't see it, it's not going to be funny to you for me to describe it. But it's all over YouTube if you want to go see it. Just totally random, yet very funny. Not to mention the skit where he is... The martial arts teacher for the please don't destroy video guys who are like the new Lonely Island, the Lonely Island Boys Club. They're like the new the threesome of those guys that do video shorts. Those guys are very, very talented and very funny. And the one they did this week was just as funny uh, with Travis Kelsey as uh, an instructor. But some really good sketches this week. Travis Kelsey obviously is a very much a ham. Loves to play it up for the cameras, but I thought he did a great job. But <laughs> that that all American cafe skit was was really funny. And when actors host, I always pay attention to see look, they're not trained actors. They're not gonna memorize everything. Sometimes you can clearly see them reading off of the cue cards. I get it. But I thought he did a good job and I wasn't totally he wasn't totally fixated on the cue cards. So all the credit in the world to Travis Kelsey. That was very, very funny. A lot of good, funny sketches. It did not bomb at all. Hopefully, they'll bring him back in the future again. But thought it was a really good show, and SNL continues, in my eyes, to be funny. And I'm maybe I'm one of the few that thinks it's uh, that thinks it's still funny. I think they've got some really talented cast members on that show. But there's so many ups and downs in terms of the cast, because uh, you lose people like Hader and Sudeikis and you're like, Oh, it's never going to be funny again. Well, they said that when Catan and Farley and Sandler and um, David Spade were gone. It's just like, Oh, those were the days. And it's just like, okay, everyone changes, you know, and then it's became, Oh, Will Ferrell and Sherry Terry are gone and Molly Shannon's gone. So now it's like every time someone leaves or a group leaves at one time, it's like, Oh, it's never going to be funny again, but yet it is funny. I just don't know how many people are giving it a chance now because they think, you know, some of the mainstays are gone, so it's not funny. You always have to have new people that develop themselves. Nobody know who Will Ferrell was when he first joined the cast. Nobody thought and I don't think he was like blowing everybody's socks off even though I believe his first his first sketch was Get Off the Shed, which is an all-time classic. But still, people are just like, what is this guy doing? He just, is his first sketch and he's just yelling at his son to get off the shed. And <laughs> I don't know, um, funny stuff. And there are some funny people on the cast right now and you got to check it out in case you haven't. But if you just want to watch that skit, just Google YouTube, Travis Kelsey, all American girl or All-American Cafe, and you'll see the skit. Anyway, thank you all for listening. Really appreciate it. Please rate, subscribe, and review an Apple podcast. Check out tonight's episode. We'll be back tomorrow giving you more thoughts. Maybe I'll hear some more in regards to The Bachelorette. But if not, we'll just talk about last night's episode and what else is going on in the Nation world. So thank you all for listening. Really appreciate it. And I will talk to you tomorrow. See ya!